tripping on this uh, this edible, and I had like this mental break. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even ask the corn guys. They're probably gonna think I'm, <laughs> they're probably gonna, they're, they're probably gonna think I'm some fucking bozo. Like, like this guy ripped us off so much, right. and now and and now, now, now the backwards are too. What is up, my friends? Thank you once again for tuning in. This is the Scope Exposure Podcast. Um, we've had an, a very crazy year. Um, this is actually probably going to be one of the very last interviews that we conduct in 2023. And, you know, I think, you know, doing this podcast for as long as we've had, this is getting into upwards of 280 episodes. I think, you know, sometimes you hit a bit of a, a lull and, you know, the grind of hitting up guests that you're not only like, are going to be good, you know, uh, you know, good things in your algorithm per se, but also just people that you're just like, want to have a conversation with and people that you're like, inspired by and, and uh, just like, having a really fruitful episode versus like, I'm just kind of doing it for the algorithm and the numbers per se. And someone that I've been listening to their podcast a lot in the last couple of months is our guest today. And I was honestly shocked and surprised on how quick and easily uh chris was to respond to just reaching out to see if he'd be interested to you know switch roles and be interviewed versus interviewing um so (laughs) thank god (laughs) so uh without further ado the deathcore demigod the heaviest podcast host of all time chris garza of suicide silence thanks for joining me man I'm honored to be hanging out with with you and oddly enough i was already planning to hit you up so uh the uh, time Get it the was, fuck out. <laughs> it was it was already out in the in the air. That that's what trips me out about thoughts and, and our minds. Like you'll you'll think about something and then someone else will do it, or someone else will call you or text you or anything like that. It's always kind of weird, like how thoughts go in the air, you know. Hmm. And I was already planning to uh, hit you up because I have respect for you because uh, I watched one of your podcast. I watched the other one with uh, Benny of. Tsunami, and and I, and I thought oh, that was you really were doing cool. some research probably for your episode. Yeah, hey? yeah. If, yeah. If, if, I, if I if I do research, you might be the. I think you're the only podcast I listen to. Wow, let's yeah, fucking be, go. Be, because because I know I know you're you're more in depth, and I know that like our conversation style is so different. So you can listen to mine. I can listen to your. It'll be a completely different com- conversation. And what I respect the most is i know what it's like to do it every week that's what mm. separates you from everybody else so I, I the fact that you're doing it every week other uh uh pods or interviewers are doing it every day i met someone that does it every day i'm like i respect consistency because i understand like how hard that is <laughs> it fucking sucks yeah, so uh, Chris, just drop me your uh, Venmo details. And I'll you know send you a transfer for all the nice things that you said at the very beginning of this episode. Uh, no, but dude, I really, really appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say. And uh, yeah, fuck you. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to balance the scales a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there you go. Um, but Fuck. man. So, uh, Chris, since you're you're familiar with the so you know that before we get into the weeds of, you know, music mm-hmm. chats, we got to check a beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you were going on 2 hours of sleep before we hit record. So, I'm I'm curious how, how much caffeine uh, you got in your beverage. I, uh, I if I'm not in my not in, in my beverage, but I I have my morning coffee, so it's good. Got you. After what do you got Bevois to drink? I have an OG Heineken. OG Heineken. Heineken, uh, we have Heineken's here and Do- Dosakis. I met, shout out to Michael from uh, Heineken. I met him at a Exum show. He said, hey, you, you, want, you want some beer? I'm like, sure. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, sometimes people like tell you she, like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he, he hit me up on the IG DMs and long, long, long behold, we, we have boxes now here. Wow. Of Heineken. So shout out. Shout out to Michael Heineken and uh, Exhumed because I met him at, at that at that show. <laughs> That's soon. crazy. So so the podcast is like fueled by Heineken, you would say. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah, that is very sick. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it is funny kind of how you were saying some of the the things on the podcast. Because uh, one of my, you know, I, I'm, I think being nervous with anything is, is a good aspect. But one thing that I was mm-hmm. concerned about, at least going into this was because um, I know a lot of the other interviews that you've done, um, sometimes you use like the same kind of profile angle that you use for your own podcast. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm going to be just looking straight into the camera. And then Chris is going to be all like giving his good side, just doing that. But you know, we got, we got the, you know, looking at each other, looking into each other's eyes per se. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, it actually happened. I, I can't take credit for that. This happened on accident. This happened on accident. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I forgot the one adapter at home. Uh, that would hook up the these cameras that have like the angle. I'll have like my computer a certain way. You would you would have my my perfect lighting camera. So <laughs> I'd have, so actually, God was like, you know what? You're you're yeah. You're not you're, meant you're, to be. You're, you're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's and not gonna happen. Obviously, I'm gonna <laughs> ask some questions around the podcast, and you know, this angle we get to see, you know, a little bit more of the, you know, more authentic side. But we'll we'll get into that later in the episode. Uh, Bevwise for me, I actually ch- picked this up the other day, and um, it's just like, you know, I'm always trying to chase all the the curiosities when it comes to different drinks and and things like mm-hmm. that. So I'm drinking. The brand is called. Uh, Folkington's Garden. So it's like, it kind of looks like your grandma's kind of beverage, but it's a sparkling, a gently sparkling water, rhubarb, and apple flavor. Okay. Cool. And um, it's pretty crazy because there is like, you know, I know like there's laws to have certain beverages in Canada. You have to have like, um, you know, uh. the French and the uh, English side, but a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I could even read a lot of this. So. <laughs> Reading's hard. But like, I get it. <laughs> but like, I'm really excited. Uh, the flavor profile is big. I'm I'm a big rhubarb guy. So, do you drink? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. I was uh, I was. Do you have like multiple drinks set up in case like the guest is drinking or not drinking? So you get kind of. Oh yeah, through? that's an interesting question. Um, sometimes I try to prefer a non-alcoholic drink when I know a guest is like straight edge um per se Mm -hmm. but yeah i i I haven't had the opportunity just to have a fridge and then kind of like choose it on the fly with whatever um because you know sometimes i just like to let it a little cooler where yeah 
Can I look cool? Have like an alcoholic one, and your and what and whatever you show me. Maybe that's something I need to try next year. Is like pick the bev on the fly versus bringing it. But yeah, I I would try that. It's like it's those subconscious things that makes it makes the guests comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, do you do do that yourself as well? Um, when it comes to yeah, yeah. If they if they're on coffee, I'm drinking coffee. If it's water, it's water. If they want to have some shots, I'm doing shots. If they smoke weed, which is the hardest one for me. I'm tripping out. There's a camera in my face. It's fucked, guy. Right. You're having a mini panic attack in front of YouTube. You know, it's, but people, no, no, nobody knows. But <laughs> it makes, but uh, whatever, whatever makes the guest uh, more comfortable and uh, yeah, open up. You know, yeah. It helps. I mean, like, I'm trying to think of what I even have upstairs. I don't really have. I don't have a Heineken per se. But mm-hmm. um, maybe, maybe mid episode, I'll try to find something. Fuck yes, uh, do it. This eight. Eight ounce can isn't enough. But cheers to you, Chris. I'm really excited cheers. to do this. Cheers to you. So first things first off the bat, before we get into some mm-hmm. of your origin stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever been asked this, but like I know a big part of like your the podcast branding and I think also yourself, like when did purple become like your color? Has that always been like, you know, your go to no. kind of palette of choice? It was an accident and uh okay. I, it's kind of I, I approach everything i do in my life with accidents i i just listen to them mm. like sometimes a rip will fall out, out of the sky and your brain will say no for some reason so i just keep the simple riffs for some reason purple is stuck and i just, i don't question it it's just and uh i was originally gonna go green i wanted to dye my hair i, I was how old was i when i dyed my hair 33 I was, I was gonna dye it green i was probably having like some like mid- midlife crisis and uh <laughs> i probably and then i was so i was right on the verge of ble- bleaching my hair and i said green i was like i'll was, I was do green you know fuck it you know it's cold chambers fuck whatever mm-hmm. and then uh i had a friend tell me no that's gonna look ugly do do purple and then that was said and i did it i was like oh okay then it's kind of went from my hair to like lighting to like i would look at purple trucks i look at purple guitars it was just like why am i so drawn to this color now i i don't i don't know and it's also right. uh it's also a color that's not very metal and and i like that i like i like doing things that are kind of like the opposite of what you do so there's kind of like this kind of cool like you just it just sticks out you know mm-hmm. like it's the, you know, that's what made uh suicide sounds you know such like a a band that kind of stuck out. We did things that just you don't really do, you know. And that, and, and a combination with the right things. I did that with purple. You know, purple metal makes no fucking sense. So <laughs> I just I just kept it. And then uh, as time went on, uh, I found it to be a very calming color. Absolutely, it calms, it, it calms me down. And I think subconsciously, when you have when you meet people in person that you never met, it's. It's this kind of when people walk into a purple room, I, I think there's it's a it brings out like a open conversation. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, he's not red, all... like, he's like red or like yellow's too happy, red's too fucking metal. It's just like, a, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, we could get lost in the weeds when it comes to color theory um, totally. and, and how certain things get into that. But I do think that purple, you know, if if blue is too calming and red is too intense, you combine that, and purple is kind of the nice balance of both, for sure. Totally, and and purple, you need uh, which you actually made me realize this. Yeah, purple is taking two colors, 
and combining one. That's what that's what I've always done with my whole life. Combining two things makes one thing. Yeah. Yeah. You that's know? that is very interesting. So it's cool. Yeah. Um, so Chris, you know, when when we have someone who's never been on our uh podcast before, I always like to kind of get kind of their heavy music origin story and kind of what originally put them on the path. And I know that's going multiple decades back for you but um tell me uh you know just some of the like key moments that you felt kind of like put you on the path of like heavy music uh i'll watch my dad's band practice in a, in a garage which years later we would go on to practice in the same garage starting uh suicide silence mm -hmm. but uh so i knew i wanted to play music i watched my dad band play in these big halls people dancing you know tex-mex style school heavy as fuck and then uh i was you know, as, as we all are, confused little kids, you know, sixth grade, we're, we're getting our first boners. It's weird. And uh, then uh, I, uh, I found the band Corn. I heard that song, Got the Life. And I was like, okay, this is it. Low tuning, distortion, groove, long hair, weirdos. And then shortly after that, uh, they were in town with actually Rob Zombie wearing, wearing the shirt. Nice. And, uh, to, also to this with day, the purple text. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's just uh, to this day one of the best shows I've ever seen. I mean, I was, I don't know, twelve, mm. twelve and ever since. I remember I saw Corn. It was it was on the Rock Is Dead tour. It went from Got the Life, Some Live right after. The timing was very impeccable, and uh, I saw Monkey up there, and literally I was like, and this is also in an outdoor amphitheater, which is now called uh, Glen Helen, but back then it was called Blockbuster Pavilion, which is actually it's the it's the largest amphitheater in in the country it, mm. it's uh it's it's here in socal and there's so many fucking people as i was probably sold out and then uh i looked at corn on stage i was like i can't be a fan i love this so much i'm gonna be up there with him and i will mm. play this shit and it's been a, an image in my head and a feeling that i kept with me since i was a, that moment a kid and through tragedy and a career to now i go it's it's still it's still the same exact thing. Once I saw saw that him, uh, him in 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 particular, he uh, really inspired me to pick up the uh, instrument and just go, just yeah. go. That's very that's very interesting. That it, in your first kind of like really big style concert, more than just like a random you know small bar metal show, mm -hmm. um, it was like. I don't want to just hear this. I want to like be on the stage and, and do the thing. Cause I think yeah. there's a lot of people that I've met through this podcast and just in other musical things where it was only, you know, it's like they go to that level of a, of a musical event and it's more of like, Oh, that's a rock star. And I can never achieve that. But when they sure. go to a, a smaller show, it's like, Oh, there's no green room. Like the, the these bands are playing on the floor that I'm standing on, so it becomes a little bit more. Mm. Oh, I could see myself doing that. Um, but you were the opposite, where it was like, yeah. I. And and did you? I I don't know if it was just may, maybe just being like you know young and just like naive off of like how how much it actually takes to get to that level, but were <laughs> you just like the the courage of just like or just I don't I don't know. Like what was going through your mind when you were seeing that? You're like, yeah, I'll I'll be up there one day. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny as we get older, we try to go back to those moments like that where we had no self doubt, mm -hmm. you know. And to this day, that memory, I, I I knew 
that I was going to be up there with them. And sure enough, you know, 2015, that we did a tour with with them. They played the first record front front with the back. So that moment, that's 2015. That show was 99. So do the math. How long yeah. that 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 took to be up there with him on his side? I, I would wake up, uh, go to our. It sounds bougie, but was, we had our we had our own dressing room, and then I'll go on stage, watch him sound check. I'm putting my shit up there. He uh, put in my cab, and we were direct support. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> to corn, so we're, I have I, I put my cab in front of his. It was, it was a whole. It was all the little moments where like I was soaking all that shit. I'm like, this is crazy, and yeah. also uh, the a bittersweet moment also was. Uh, it just sucks. What yeah, what it took to get there what it sucked i mean this is also post mitch mm-hmm. like what what like what it took to get to that moment uh zero self zero self-doubt and i don't know exactly how i did that even i think we all struggle with self-doubt i do including but i was like for some reason those like those there's those few moments in your life that like that self-doubt won't can't even can't even get in there and i was right. like man how 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 did that happen i don't know do you think as the band has grown and, you know, more opportunities and just things would come on your plate, self-doubt became more intense or where was kind of like the balancing or the threshold that you met with when it comes to that? Or is that still like a, a balancing act that you deal with today? Uh, I think self-doubt kind of started creeping in. I say 30. Mm. 30 is when, uh, at least for me, and also I find it. Uh, it be common across across the board. It's kind of when like you're growing up, thirty. So okay, like you can't just you can't claim like the idiot anymore, like like serious idiot. I always I say yeah. I'm an idiot. I say I'm a dumbass, but I'm joking. But you know, I was a genuine idiot. And you can't you, pull the twenty year old card anymore. You can't you? I, yeah. You can't once you hit thirty. Just like now, now you're going into self awareness. Now you're uh, trying not, not not to get too woo woo, but uh, God, books, the gym, eating fucking salad that still sucks at this day and uh now then then once you start clearing your mind these things these it's not all positive like you when you clear your mind you let in everything mm-hmm. self-doubt demons fucking start coming up and uh yeah i, I say 30 was right when the self-doubt really started to creep in and knowing, knowing what self that was mm. you know i could, couldn't drown it out with cocaine anymore or getting blacked out drunk on jaeger anymore it's just like this is okay what is this self-doubt and uh I didn't get a grasp of, of it until I'm 38. I turned 38 last month. Early, early 37. I felt like I had a really good grasp on it. And that, you know, I owe that to weed and ayahuasca and DMT. Like I, I this kind of knowing, knowing the power of the mind really kind of, okay, this, this is what this is. I hear it kind of creep in. And then just it's not it's just it's not real, it's not fucking real. It feels real. That that's what I think self doubt feels real because it is. Mm-hmm. You know, self doubt is just come lives in the same house as your you know your courage, your your courage and, and your dreams and your fears. It lives in the same in the same body. You know. Yeah. So I just yeah. learned just learning. Okay, this is no, no. And that, mm-hmm. I just say no in my mind when I'm high as fuck and just knowing what what this is and how real it is. Eventually, it's kind of yeah. You, I I got lucky. Got got a grasp on it. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah, cool. And, and that's definitely like 
personally, that's very validating for me because I um, I'm turning 31 in like uh, very beginning yeah. of January, but like turning 30 and the year that you know I've endured, there was a lot of those feelings of like, oh, like you know, we're not we're not in our 20s anymore. It's time to like really not be just making like it's 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 time to be way more specific about like what the fuck i'm doing both yes. on like a personal and like a creative level yes. um and there's like a lot of things that um you know i'm planning on changing for scoped and, and myself in, in 2024 Good. um but i felt like the 28 29 was the was definitely two years of like saying yes to as many things as possible and i definitely mm -hmm. think that was helpful with like growing the the pod and just our presence because i still view myself as just like i'm just some kid from western canada and like who the fuck am i so there's a bit of like imposter sure. syndrome potentially but like i think it's like it's good it's it's definitely now in the place of like okay like discipline is like so so key and like what i do now really really impacts like the the next week month year to come so Yes, I years, appreciate you sharing that. Yes, yes, two years, five years, ten years. Not, 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 not to freak you out, but like it's, like your, like your decisions last years, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, and it's it's very, uh, you know, like you touched on the uh, imposter syndrome. It's very, it's very normal. It's like with this, this fucking thing, uh, the band. It's just kind of, it's just, it's not real, man. It's not. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, so you're on, you're on the right path. I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I want to quickly go back. We were talking about how important corn was to you. And, you know, yeah. anytime I was watching any of the videos about Suicide Silence and, uh, you know, people would be mentioning like, yeah, Chris would show up and just immediately start playing corn riffs immediately. Is that, and mm -hmm. I didn't make this connection until now, but is that kind of how the logo, the logo for like the podcast where it's like your last name, it, it has corn elements. I don't know if that's intentional of course. or not. Of course, of everything. Course. I mean, uh, we've us and our team have like counted the backwards R's in this room. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. There's you're, you're talking coffee mugs, logos, stickers, right? Uh, Double digits for sure. Guitar picks, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of backwards R. Everything I, because I, 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 as a joke, I would just, uh, I would sign my name when we first when when Sui was what was popping. We tried to. It's weird, like you're. You're doing signings and shit. It's fucking. It's, it's still weird, uh, to be honest. And I was just sign Garza with a backwards R, and it's kind of stuck. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one day, my friend from uh, back in Corona, he gave me an edible, and I, I I ate I ate too much of it, and I, I and the podcast already started, and I already kind of uh, posted like a picture of all oh, some sort of podcast. Here's like here's here's the cover, and uh, I, I was tripping on this uh this edible and i had like this mental break i'm like, oh shit i didn't even ask the corn guys they're probably gonna think I'm some, <laughs> they're probably gonna, they're, they're probably gonna think i'm some fucking bozo like I, this guy ripped us off so much right. and now and, and now, now the backwards are too uh so but you know it, it's it, it's you're just high you're just overthinking so the next day right. uh, i i mean not not a day maybe maybe a week um shortly after yeah i i don't know uh, i feel I feel kind of scummy saying this, but I I, I text. Uh, I I won't say who, who I text, but let, let's just say you you can imagine after what you just heard what I had talked about earlier on who I admire. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I, I asked him, hey, can, uh, can I get the okay on this? Can, can I, I'm starting a podcast. Uh, I always, I want to use the backwards R. And he's like, he's like fuck yes. Mm-hmm. And that was my, ooh, <laughs> I felt so cool. Sometimes yeah. moments like that, you feel so fucking cool. And out of all the moments in my life where I felt like shit, it made it all worth it, dude. Those little, those little moments, you will be like, those were one of those moments. Got the text back, the okay, hey man, good luck. And uh, yeah, now, yeah, just now we made we made the uh, the logo. You know, all kind of. I I told the person making a logo, make it look like a corn font and a Slipknot font combined. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I can so see a little was, bit of the Slipknot. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, edits in there for sure. I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, think late nineties. This fucking slip my corn, make the logo backwards are you do it. And then yeah. and we got we we got this back. I don't know if if you feel this way at times, but like sometimes if you read something, like maybe subconsciously your brain will like fill it in with either something similar, but then it's like actually incorrect. I think mm-hmm. when the first time that I saw um your the the podcast, I thought it said Gorza which made me think of a friend Dick. of mine from up here in Vancouver had a, uh, has a side project death metal band called Groza. So I get, oh, wow. it was just like, my yeah, mind yeah. was like, wait, did, did he name the band after Chris's? And I was like, Oh no, Garza. That's like, it is different, but uh, sure. I, I had it down in my dock. I wanted to give a plug to that. Sick. Shout out. Uh, shout out. Um, Garza is Spanish um, background, correct? Garza is Spanish, yeah. I think it's one yeah. of the actually the might be one of the first last names ever. Mm. Yeah, because when I googled that, it said it's Spanish for heron, which is a type of bird. So really, oh yeah. shit, yeah, long yeah, legs mem- and long neck. Yeah, I remember uh, I was at some some Irish fair. I, I was drunk and I bought this fucking. There was there's like a little there's like a what do you call those? Fuck, there's a <laughs> someone that was selling shit. At, a merchant, at I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I, they have like these fucking, these laminated things like say last names and like, explain like the whole origin. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Like it's like it's like this fucking big, and I was, it had Garza and I bought it. And I was like, oh shit, it's something about like one of the first last names, Spanish, obviously. And I was like, oh shit, cool, because my uh, my my parents are, they're from uh, Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, they came from Texas to uh, Cali, obviously, and then. Uh, Yes, it's just a cool Spanish last name. It's like it's common, but not too common. You mm. know, that's why uh, my first name is Chris, which is extremely common. So uh, <laughs> people just kind of balance it out a little yeah, bit pe- like that. Yeah, just my friends call me Garza, and that's that. Uh, one of those things just sticks. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I I always kind of like judge either a first or last name off of like how high the score on like Scrabble would be. So okay. as soon as there's a Z or a Z, I'm like. That that's a that's a that's a money uh name whether it's first or last yeah um, yeah bringing up your parents we're we're skipping ahead a little bit um but it feels appropriate to segue and then we'll mm-hmm. uh, swing back to suicide songs but let's roll when you when I saw that you posted that you had your parents on the podcast I was yeah. like that's such a cool thing and then I saw the date of when it was posted and it was posted on April Fools. And then I was like, is this a joke? But then you actually had a full up. Ep- yeah. On I didn't know that. First. Oh, wow. Sick. I was like, is that intentional? Because it's a nice little uh, plug. Because it was like the most uh, wholesome, you know, conversation from from your mom and your cool. dad. So, Yeah, it's cool. Uh, you know, 
I'm very thankful for my friends that it kind of let me experiment with them. Like the first few episodes, my parents were obviously, I think they were episode six or something. And yeah, that was cool. I, I learned a, a lot, you know, based on that. It's it's funny. Like those, those are like people ask me if I get nervous before them. That's one of like the most my most nervous ones because I know family members that don't know a lot about the family are going to watch that and it's like shit. I need to like make sure like they like they they get the Garza family facts right. out there. Yeah, um, it might not be the highest numbers as far as the episodes, but it's like people are intentionally looking for that episode versus like yeah, yeah. pops up on a suicide silence recommended thing. Yeah, it's it's so it was so cool to hear their uh their uh, story, you know, like they've uh, and a new family's gonna watch and okay, hopefully, because you know my 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 parents are up in age, they're 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 in the eighties, so um just want is want to kind of you know make sure it was right you yeah. know yeah it, so. it kind of put it in my head it was like man like because i've thought about doing some kind of like bring my dad on and like have him like react to bands that i like i've sick. thought about that for a little bit but um yeah maybe maybe in next season for the pod we do a a special with uh mama and papa priest who who who, who knows um circling back cool. though uh talking about like kind of when you first started playing music because like you know we have the origin of like you discovering kind of discovering it and then kind of feeling that unintentional call let's say um mm -hmm. were, were you a guitarist first or did you do some other instruments kind of before that my, my parents told me i was banging on pots and pans and i was a and diapers and then uh yeah pots, pans actually, and diapers yeah but uh that was like at yeah the, and they're trying to get me into drums, other family members, but uh, I'm still I'm kind of I'm still a drummer in, in my head, but uh, obviously I mean since corn was like like that instrument. Also, my my dad played a uh, keyboard and a trombone, bass, all this crazy shit, and then uh, but I mean, corn is like okay, guitar, that's it. Mm -hmm. as, as far as like this, there's an instrument in my hand that's mine. It, it was a it was a Fender Strat. Yeah. No. Which is uh, which is funny too, because like, um, I know that uh, the the main guitar that you play, it's probably sitting just to your right, is the uh, the seven string Fender mm -hmm. Strat, um, which is very, it's a very unique kind of piece, and I'm curious if yeah. if if you could tell like when that conversation with Fender came came into the picture, like, do you know of how many authentic Fender seven strings there are in the world, or, or is would you say under a hundred or? Only a few uh, under 10, 10. Under and, 10? Uh, yeah. Dang. Because, well, how I got it, they made like eight or less in uh, 89. Okay. Uh, I believe his name was Alex Gregory, the um, maestro. And he had these Fender Seven strings. From what I understand, that deal went south. Uh, but what he did was he put a patent on the Fender Seven string. So that's why Fender never touched them. Mm-hmm. So uh, fast forward, I come in the picture and I'm, I'm, I'm asking them, hey, uh, this, is, this is what I want. Is it possible? Like, uh, we'll, we'll try. And then I personally, for one, every builder at the Fender Custom Shop wouldn't talk to me. They, they wanted nothing to do with me. And then... Uh, like because you wanted a seven or yeah. like... Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're like they're, seven, they're, turn around. Let me yeah. work on this. Fender's bread and butter is still 
the the strat and and the telly, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking pandemic, which is when I got this. Is so it's like a weird, a cr- even crazier timing. But uh, so for those of you that don't know, I'm born, raised in California, mm-hmm. and Corona, and the same year I was born, '85, Fender moved from Fullerton to Corona. Oh, okay. So you had some home turf advantage. But yes, I did. And, yes. and this this will be a major turning factor was uh, once I made it up in my mind after I destroyed all my gear, <laughs> uh, that's known as a, a mental breakdown. If you go on the Internet, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going I'm going with Fender. That's it. I'm, I'm going. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care. Mm. And uh, once I made that commitment, I had a friend like this. is This is deep shit. Like uh, one of my best friends one of my drinking buddies that I'm actually hanging out with tonight. He's coming, being in town from Arizona. His dad worked at Fender in the 80s. So he knew people there. So I got, long, long behold, I got a phone number. That day, he let me come in the shop. I walk in the shop. There's people that I went to junior high with, elementary with. Uh, I was in bands with. Like, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, this is it. And then fast forward, uh, cause, cause there's, there's the custom shop. It's a warehouse in Corona, but you have vendor Hollywood mm, okay. that, that, that you got to talk to. So they gave me the contact there and, uh, shout out to Jason Klein. Um, also nervous, my, this is Fender. Are they, do, do they even know my band or me or what I'm about? And I met the guy, we started talking about Converge. I was like, okay. He knows Here's my the entry fuck. point. <laughs> He knows what the fuck's going on. He knows, right. he knows, he knows Converge. Okay, okay, thank God. I can work and, with this. And then he really, man, he really put his neck out for me. And um, this this ties into my band, to the podcast. You can't fake shit. Like there, there, there's moments that when you're yourself and you're honest with what you want, you're all now you're separated from a lot of people. And uh, I, I think, I think when he met me, he realized who I was, not like Chris Garza's suicide. I'm like, this, this dude is a fender, a player, and he will live and die for this company. He wants the seven string. I think, I think he's the guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he did. He started talking to the custom shop guys, and they're like, no. And then timing, a guy at my age, uh, a new hire, and he's the guy that wanted to ripple fe- feathers. And I don't know where I got, got his name. I literally went there, uh, met him in person. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. And uh, he was the only guy, at the time, this was 2019, I think. And he was the only custom shop builder there. Because Spender, it's old school as fuck. So he right. was the only guy there that knew how to do it on the computer. Hmm. So, so what they were going to do originally, which is why no one wanted, wanted to touch me, is they were going to, build me multiple seven strings because they knew they're going to fuck it up again and again oh, and again. I see. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like, they're like, no, we don't want to take on this fucking Because before this, Fender has, hasn't touched seven strings with a 10-foot pole. No, no. And it took me meeting a patent lawyer in my spare time here here in Corona. I, I Hey, I, sh- I, gave, I gave him the patents. Hey, can, can this guy come back and sue me or sue the company? And once he said 100% no, then I prevented that. I took that information. I gave it to Fender. They got in touch with their legal team. They, they got the they got the okay okay and that's when like Jason Klein really started talking to custom shop builders and then the new hire came on timing. 
uh, I know in person, he knew how to do stuff on the computer. So he made me like, he, he's a genius. Uh, he's gone off uh, to do his own thing and it's selling very well. A uh, shout out to uh, Carlos Lopez. Uh, he, he did it on, on the computer. Every spec was perfect. And the first fucking thing that came out was literally, it was perfect. And it's actually, it's so good that people don't even know it's a seven string. They, 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 they see it. They're like, it's a six string. I'm like, look again. <laughs> because, because he, he did such a good job of making it balanced and look right. And it, mm-hmm. like, you you yeah. want to look, it, it has to look cool. You know, then he made it, uh, he made it look cool. So, um, yeah, but it still has to look like, a stratocaster at the it, same it has time. that's it has such a like delicate a balance but like it is it is man. and if, if 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 it wasn't him and his love for it my love for it yeah it wouldn't have uh, happened mm-hmm. and uh th- i think I'm, I'm i'm the only guy that think I, that can get some strains because he owns the drawings interesting okay so, uh, well crazy yeah so it, you know, and, and I love to be able to document some of these conversations because like maybe in 10 years, Fender announces like a public, you know, seven string line or whatever. And it's like, well, remember when Chris and I talked about this in 2020? So I'm trying. Um, dude, that's very, very sick. But that's like you put a lot of effort into manifesting that guitar. And now it's like, you know, when I think about, um you know, because there was definitely some stuff for Suicide when I was, like, listening to you guys, like, early or discovering you early in the day where it's, like, you know, the Silver Burst Telly or, like, different yeah, things yeah. like that. But, like, mm-hmm. that is t- so iconic when I think of Suicide Silence in, in guitar. So, cool. It took a lot of work, but, uh, you know, well worth it, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, guitar players and band people in bands in general, there's a lot of ego involved and, uh, it was a weird time in my life. Like the self-title just came out. I lost all, all my money. Uh, went back in with my parents from Venice beach. Sounds bougie as fuck, but, uh, look, so that's what happened. We started, we're just stripping away our, our bullshit, this money gear. Like, who are we? We're trying to find out who we were, who we were, but unfortunately when you're in a band, you can't do that in private. It's everything right. is public. People think, oh, you do that record. It sucks. Uh, the, so I basically, what I started doing, I started destroying all my gear. And uh, it's kind of, and I, I, I realized I was the people that I judged and hated. Like, I, had, I wanted guitars. I wanted all this free stuff to validate myself as a guitar player. Mm-hmm. And it's, even when I, I look back, it's like a, it's a, it's a gross... Uh, I just don't re- I don't recognize that person and it took me a long time to break out of that. So I was like, I need to know who I am and I need, and what I want. I want one guitar behind me. All these bands go out there with fucking 20 guitars. It's fucking stupid. You don't need one. And so I destroyed all my customs, destroyed my custom stuff, destroyed all my free all my free guitars, or I threw them out in the crowd. Take it. Mm. And then I, I had one Ibanez for a long time. And I tore the world with this one Ibanez and I beat the fuck out of it just to prove my point. You only need one guitar. Hmm. I was fucking throwing up in the air, throwing it at my cab. I was like, it was built, it was built right. And then once I got this thing, I was like, I'd rather have one Fender semi-string than a hundred custom shop anything. Yeah. I want, I know, I, I want what's in my head and I want what's in my heart. So when I fuck, so when I, when I fucking play, it's, it's me. That's very cool. So what validates you now versus what did before? 
One, uh, one, what I think about myself, um, what I think about myself and where I'm, I'm going, uh, what my girlfriend thinks about me, my mom and my dad, my, my band, my friends that know me since I was a kid to the band to now when I have money, no money. And the people that are in my life, I mean, they think I'm, I'm me. And I never sold out. Or I never did anything change me. Or I'm at, least, I'm at least I'm going back to who I was when I was that hungry 17, 18-year-old kid. Um, that's what I kind of go go for now. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, okay. I got some suicide silence questions to ask. Let's go. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think early, I would say like late, like 2000s is when, you know, this is, like Suicide Silence was a band that started long before streaming, long before all this social media shit was in the mix. You mm -hmm. guys were a, a heavy deathcore band that was like doing shit on MySpace and all these other yeah. things. And I think, I think obviously a lot of people who were of that time remember like the top 10 like breakdowns or deathcore breakdowns and <laughs> yeah. i would find anytime i would personally watch those like there would always be a suicide silence track on that so nice. i wanted to throw it back at you and i i'm curious from your perspective is there top what would be your top three suicide silence breakdowns whether they made those videos or not mm -hmm. uh the end of unanswered when we go into that it's still it's just it's uh, it's it hits an, an, it hits something else that has this goes beyond sound. It's just mm -hmm. something about it. I don't know. So the end of an answered something that we can't recreate. We try, but when we when we play Bludgeon to Death live, it doesn't hit. I don't know what it is, but when we but during the time where we're all we we're all in sync in 2007, 2006, when we're playing that kind of way, like the breakdown for Blood Bludgeon Death was like. That was us blatantly trying to be like fuck everybody. Like you, you, you think you're heavy, but yeah, you you won't you won't be able to top this. And that kind of that was our mindsets at at the time. Um, I don't think I have a third one. I think that's it. I I don't have a third one. Two is good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are watching the episode who are like already typing their favorite, you know, uh, Suicide Silence breakdowns. Yeah, um, there you go. Whether they made those videos uh, or not back in the day. Um, the other thing that I also like to ask people to have a large um, discography behind them um, mm -hmm. is, in your opinion, because I, I know that this would range from every member of the band, you know, different perspectives from a different instrument. But do you think that there's any underrated suicide silence tracks that either you guys don't get to play live because you know maybe it not, might not pop as much um or any tracks that you feel like are overrated that obviously have their place as far as being popular but like you think that mm -hmm. maybe song wise you know it's it's kind of like more of like we're i'm doing this for the fans when we play this live versus for myself yeah uh as far as overrated definitely you only live once you know, I, I always I always question like, would that song be that way if our singer didn't have to die? Uh, so mm -hmm. that it was like it was like it was like the time you know that. Uh, so when 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 something like that happens, you get obviously you get a lot of attention. Everyone's like, 
you're 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 going beyond music at this point. Like it's like you're in that kind of tragedy is in like was in like the news. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was it was crazy. And then uh, so what people do, they fucking go on YouTube, type in the band, and that video came up. So that that's that video is up at fuck. 100 million it's like views 115 million i, I i'm gonna it's just check it while we're doing it but it's something crazy i mean granted that video is amazing so the video is oh, not iconic. overrated <laughs> the video's overrated we fucking killed it fuck everybody we did a great job on that thanks to buffalo wild wings and beer ideas um <laughs> oh that that idea came up when you guys were getting wings yeah we, we used to go to buffalo wild wings 17 million views jesus dude what well, okay, fuck? here's the other thing. That's on the Century Media YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then I think on the Suicide Silence YouTube page, there's also 3.2 million. So together, wow. 120 million at least. And Ooh, rising. Crazy. Crazy to think of. Yeah, I mean, there's no singing in that. It's, yeah, it's, Just it's a bunch it, of it metal is, dudes in the shooting range. Yeah, it is. It, it is a heavy song. I think people did connect with the video. You know, it's, it was really, really cool. Sometimes things just line up, but as far as the song, it's a, it's a cool song. I mean, Mitch lyrics, pretty fucking sick, but that, unfortunately, him passing away really made the lyrics take on a new meaning. Yes, for sure. You know, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, so, I'm not so sure what that song would would have done if uh, events were different. Yeah, it, 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 I think it probably would have just been like, oh, this is a good track that we get to play live but it might not be the yeah. one that we're either closing with or yeah something yeah like that yeah, um yeah under uh underrated where does your mind go with with that underrated. songs that people don't even know like i it's <laughs> like our, our demo i always think about like our demo days like 2002 where like the genre didn't exist and we were low tuning blast beats singing this is this this is this pre Mitch. Mitch wasn't on the first demo, right? And it's, I always kind of go back to that, like, man, well, what? How do we do that? As little kids, like, not it. <laughs> no experience in the studio, no experience songwriting, riff writing, nothing. But or amps sound. This is we made a very sick sound, very uh, out of the gates. You know, mm -hmm. I always kind of always looked towards those those three songs and it's funny because bands kind of come out now and i, I kind of hear like some it's just weird like how this like the trends and the sound is like these full circles and like uh bands now are just doing that it's crazy mm -hmm. um going back to you only live once it was i was watching uh mitch's memorial documentary that's on your guys's youtube and i don't know if this was just a like a happy coincidence, but I, I, I was hearing someone, I don't know if it was in the band or someone else saying how, uh, he said that cause he wanted to go like bungee jumping at a, like a German, uh, like a German festival that you guys were playing. Mm -hmm. And then in the video, he says, you only live once. So just go fucking nuts. <laughs> so I don't know if that, like, if that came first and then it made it into the lyrics or I don't know if you would even know that person. Yeah. I'm not sure if he, did it there or he already had a lyrics because he showed us those lyrics when we we're in a drunk on an airplane. Mm. I don't know where I think we're going. Where I think we might have been going to that show or that tour at least. Yeah, I th mm -hmm. think I think he already, he already had the lyrics. And I remember Mark saying that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. 
<laughs> so that's so now that to this day I still question his judgment on things. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, um, okay. Flipping back, talking about the demo. Can you tell the listeners about the Family Guy demo version of um, of your guys' releases? Yeah, it was it was a joke. I remember, uh, like, because as soon as I saw the cover on Discogs, I was like, "Is this real?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of like it's just those, those moments that that you kind of live for. It's just someone had a dumb idea, and then we tried it, and then a couple. So we did the demo, and then that was the next thing that that we put out, and we went went to the same recording studio, and I remember sitting down on the couch and Mitch and, and uh, our previous drummer, Big Josh, that they wore that they wore the masks. Is like, we, we we should put in Family Guy samples. I was I remember like not caring, not knowing like okay, put them in. Like it's already done. Like they're like done mixing. Like they just threw them in there in the front or in the middle of a song. <laughs> and they started fucking losing their shit. They started laughing, and right. I didn't get it. I was like, "What's so funny?" <laughs> but it's kind of one one of those things. I just trusted their. I don't know. So they they thought it was funny. Okay, I just kind of kept it. And then we got a we got those like rolling samplers, and Mitch would uh, Mitch would press the, the uh, buttons live, right? And then the sampler thing was still new, so like a lot of times it didn't work. And we'll be playing shows, man. And Mitch will have a freak out. He'll take the sampler, start fucking throwing it in the ground, stomp on it. <laughs> and that was those were the beginnings of being in a band with a, a real front man, like 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 a singer. Yeah, like a, like above life guy. Yeah, but especially at the time, I couldn't tell you any other bands that were doing something that was like, because I feel like at the time people, especially within metal, would be like, "What are you guys fucking doing? You're taking a fucking." like adult cartoon and mixing it with your music are you like crazy but now it's like you can't you know like i know that you had uh my my friends in peeling flesh on the podcast recently and like that band almost like can sometimes put double digits worth of samples in some of their yeah yeah like it's such a part integral part of their process so yeah my it might have originated from like we weren't fuck freshmen in high school i mean yeah, we we we've already heard of bands like Skinless at that point, uh, Dystopia that I think kind of mastered that kind of sample band jam. Mm-hmm. Um, like I guess yeah, I guess for for us it kind of seemed normal. Like hey, put samples in the beginning, but but the, but it was it was obviously like the the extreme opposite, like the Family Guy cartoon funny shit with the drop a g breakdowns and blast beats it really didn't make any sense but we've always we've always done that since those days it's never mm-hmm. two things don't don't work or make makes no sense but we we just always done that yeah but like you said at the beginning of the conversation taking two things and smacking them together and having mm-hmm. some kind of outcome um yep. so uh i had one kind of more suicide silence question i want to ask you chris before we move mm-hmm. on to the podcast and mm-hmm. um you know, I I don't know if you've ever kind of thought this, but I guess like you know, I I I've always taken you from to be a very philosophical guy, and you like to think about things, um, especially in a lot of your interview style. So it's a question that I I wouldn't ask most of my guests, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like you could handle it. But again, like if it's if it's too Let's heavy, go. we can move on to something else. So not 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 possible. Okay, so 
obviously after Mitch passed away, you guys did a farewell show that you had a bunch of uh, fill-in vocalists um, mm-hmm. for every, you know, uh, you know, every song. Which I actually checked uh, as far as the show happening is eleven years and two days ago today. Today, I, yeah, I think oh, it was wow. on December. Uh, was today December twenty first of twenty twelve? Oh wow, it was way close to Christmas. Mm-hmm. It hit, it hit, hit the twenties. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess a question that I thought, and I don't know if you've thought this before, but on a on a different timeline, where instead of, um, you know, Mitch passing away, you were the one that maybe weren't in the picture anymore. Who would be at least three guitarists that you would think would do justice to, you know, play play your songs, play your riffs? Have you ever thought about that? Mm. No, and I, I, at the risk of sounding like an egotistical idiot, like if there's if if it's not me, it's not Stu. That sounds. Mm. And I, I never even thought like it's not possible. It's yeah. not. Uh, it, it could. I mean, music is just. I've I've given up trying to grasp sound and things tra- traveling in, fre- in frequency like kind of just gave up like there's just something about the certain people playing something it's i don't i don't know what it is like you, you, you can't just it kind of needs every band needs at least the one the one you know it's uh the it, band like was, the one true og is what you're saying yeah it kind of mm-hmm. it needs it needs at least one oog like that's it's their vision it's their their thing and uh it was my band and then when mitch came in it true I, I was actually thinking about this on the drive up here i was like man it was once we became not friends but actually in a band like it became our band like it was undeniable like our similar kind of vision of what of what music is and where we want want it to go. We obviously there's always like little different differences in opinions, but uh, you know we want it heavy as fuck, catchy as fuck. He had the look, the the sounds, and we uh, yeah. Without without me or Mitch, like there is no suicide silence. And I I don't even I I haven't even like thought about like who who can do it. Yeah, but even in like a like a fill in like for a show kind oh, of scenario, in? yeah, is there any like specific riff warriors that you would be like, oh, so and so could could do the job for 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 tonight? I never thought about that in my life. I know I don't, uh, I'm wrong, uh, but it was that, was that was for different reasons. I mean, like right before Mitch passed away, I was going to quit the band, and I was hitting up, I was texting a. Uh, I was texting out shout out to Alex Way from Whitechapel. I was like, can you fill in for some tours or something? Because I, I want I, I want to leave for a bit or something. It's like, well, dude, I'm, thank you. But obviously, obviously he was busy with Whitechapel tour and they were doing his right. their thing. That was probably the only time in my life where I was like thinking someone else can uh can play it. But it's different because Mitch was already he was still in the band and he was still still alive. Right. Um now I don't fuck, I don't know. I not one name pops up. Yeah. But th- that's crazy to think that you were on the fence of leaving before before he passed. But like, did that, mm-hmm. was that feeling still there? Kind of like, 
after the farewell show happens or did you have a complete 180 no. and you were like 180 it's over 180 I, yeah I'm, I'm still i'm still there complete 180 because hmm. uh no I, I still remember the uh last time i saw him like we were it was, it was weird shit because which i still actually hold a grudge with our producer at the time um because we wrote we wrote pretty much every record in that garage and these are the this will probably be the first material we start writing. It's not going to be in a, in a garage. I'm talking future SS, but we've written right. everything in that, that little garage. And uh, I was literally in the backyard or in the house and they were in the garage writing or jamming. It was like, it was like a separation, even, even, even at the place I lived. Hmm. And uh, the only well, person, not only the place you live, but the place you grew up, like, yeah, you know, grew up there, start, started a band there. It's just like, yeah. There was a lot of weird feelings that it took me a long time to get over those grudges with actually the other band members like it allowed that because uh the only person that would come in the backyard and say what's up was was mitch and uh he and then uh seeing like what's up dude and just you know a small talk is nothing like it's just how are you and then he would walk by the pool around the corner like i seen him do throughout my childhood and then uh yeah that was the yeah, last time I saw him alive. Yeah, that's that's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. ha- have you been able? Because I feel like the percentage of bands that have to go through a a loss like that and and a change is like very very slim. But like, mm-hmm. have you met other people? And and everyone's situation is different. Um, yeah. on whatever the tragedy is. But have you been able to meet anyone who? when you talk to them, you actually felt like, oh, you understand the pain and the loss that I felt based on similar things or have, has that been like few and far between to even recount? Unfortunately, you, you are put in this category of bands that uh, anyone that's dealt with like a loss of a front man. Uh, like that first tour with Eddie, like the people that were approaching some of us, it's just like, Whoa. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say names, but like, because they had to either sing or kill himself or uh, some this heavy stuff. And yeah, you, you are put in like this weird category that you, un, that you, you understand, you, you know, because it's just weird. Like you're, uh, you're just with, with these people your whole life. I mean, they know you better than you're, you're your, your own family they you're, you're in airplanes together vans small hotels getting drunk together on fucking middle of nowhere driving is they're your they're your best buddy and then you write music so there's even that deeper connection and then when you lose that it's just yeah they're, they're, it's like this it's this ir, irreplaceable thing coal mm-hmm. yeah and then you kind of forever have like this hole in your soul and then uh yeah that i mean that hole yeah i mean it's just it's what keeps the band going it's like it's never going to be filled never yeah man but yeah i i I can't imagine when you're placed in that scenario and it's like there's fans of the band and obviously you don't want to just like turn people away but like sometimes Mm -hmm. like you know after you're loaded in you're like guess what some random person who like maybe ha- they had the best intentions, but they said something sure. that felt was like out of pocket or whatever. But like, you know, it it's, uh, yeah, I- I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. it still happens. But um, yeah, I feel like 
you know, it, it it's especially even as like a host of this, it's like obviously I felt like I could talk to you about it, but it is kind of that thing where it's like you have to you have to walk into those conversations and how you approach it with with grace mm -hmm. and yeah context and can contextualize it for sure. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. speaking of context, I want to talk about your pot. Um talk Ooh. to me about like the origin of that because I kind of came in as a as a listener very very late. Um I think the first one that I found out about that you had a podcast was when you had um all of uh the Alabama boys uh Gideon on. Oh Gideon, and, oh cool. Yeah, and like that is like a childhood like I I feel like without that band like you know, like I came through the vein of like the the Christian like heavy music space. So it's mm -hmm. like they, you know, them being on Face Down, it was like wow. writing was on the wall. I have Gideon tattoos on my feet, you know, like really. So yeah, oh, I, shit. well, um, have you had Kublaicon? Any members of that band? On no, no. Okay, I no. I I know that they would be a great addition um, for your roster. I I've wanted to have any member of that band on, but like. The problem is a lot of them are either like non they're they're not online per se like mm. uh like matt for example like he's in florida he's just like staying off the internet which i i can respect so That's i it. think he only does like in-person shit but um i i have the reason i bring them up is it's a gideon song off of their second album that is the feature uh from from matt from from kublaicon so i kind of like i combine it as like a gideon kublaicon tattoo but yeah uh nice. but anyways found out about the pod really just fell i i appreciate as a a podcaster myself when people are like this is a heavy music podcast but at the same time we just talk about life and people's mm -hmm. experiences and all that so was that like so intentional at the get go to kind of like, I'm going to talk to like people in like the heavy music space, but like, even if we don't talk about like pig squeals and breakdowns, like I just mm -hmm. want to talk to and have a personal, personal connection with someone that way. Yeah. I did, I did a, quite a few things out of the gate. So, I mean, right now about to drop episode, I think 110 this Monday. I'm um, so Let's say someone finds out about it and they go back to episode one to ten, they kind of see who I am. Like it's just I, right. it's like new metal, like death metal, life. Kind of wanted to lay down the groundwork, like, you know. Because uh especially musicians or artists are really interesting to communicate with. So I uh, need I was like, how am I gonna get them to talk? And how I, I approach it like, you know, I'm, I'm, what would get me to start talking? You know, so this is kind of what I kind of been judging everything on. Like, just you can't just go like linear with, with the things, kind of have to have a conversation flow. And then they'll tell you something, then you can add on to it with experience and then try to get their story out there. Just, but you can only do that through just like a normal conversation. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I think the aspect of, you know, obviously being like California based, it's very, it's a lot easier to do a lot of like in-person stuff, mm -hmm. you know, bands are coming through tour, they, yep. you know, can roll up and do a podcast. And, you know, I, I, I'm very fortunate to live in a time where we have technology and I can do shit like this and call you all the way from, you know, you know, snowy Alberta. Uh, nice. But it is, uh, it is something 
especially on the video side, like I feel like a lot of people start their podcast and they can't really see. There's no interaction that way. But mm-hmm. I, f- I really like that the vibe that you have set on with your set and like the lighting and everyone's like, it feels like I've never felt like someone's like on, like on the, they're on the edge of their seat in like a good way. Like they're engaged. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things I didn't know I can do, mm-hmm. you know, it just gets, again, it goes back to like, what would get me to open up? You know, it was just, having guests that don't, don't, don't do podcasts and are, are talking is that unexplainable thing. It's kind of laying, making the environment and allowing like a other person to talk. That's how you get it. Like a Glenn Ben to open up or like those kind of, we had Tim on just talk about some serious shit on there. This is right. Yeah. No, that one. Yeah. But people had to like, I don't know. I I've been my, my whole life, you know, I've struggled with a, a speech impediment and a stutter and, I've always been a very quiet guy, very, very mute. You mm-hmm. know, it's how I, it's how I found the uh, instrument, you know? Yeah. So I've always been a very observant guy. I, I have a lifetime, I guess. I built this muscle of this listening. You know, it's crazy. I, I, my, my girlfriend told me this. It's like, it's kind of crazy. I think like she started a band just to prepare you for, for this. Hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of like a weird, it's a guy will fuck with you, dude. And, and put you through this ring, whatever you think God is or life. I mean, you know, it's definitely put me through this tragedy and ringer and money, sacrificing everything possible. I'm still sacrificing. So once I'm going to contradict myself, but fortunately and unfortunately, I have these experiences. I, I know I'm, I'm 30, you know, eight and, I could talk to like the older bands to still kind of get it. I could talk to like, like like the legends, but I could also talk to you like the younger bands coming up. Uh, it's like this weird. It's I don't know. It's like this. I, I can't I can't explain it. It's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, and and I think something else that I admire is like a lot of people when they start a bigger show, um, it again, always gets into the, the numbers as far as like, mm-hmm. oh, well, like, you know, we have these sponsors, so we can only have like the big lead singer of a band uh, sure. to to have it on. But like, you know, you'll have, like when you had like uh, my friends in Mugshot on and, you know, Fuck you're yeah. very open to just like hyping them up um, and not in a performative way. You're like, I listened to your stuff and I fuck with it. And then it's the entire band as a part of their conversation. You know, yeah. I sometimes struggle with doing group interviews because especially online because it's you know if everyone's in the same room and then i'm just on their laptop screen um do you prefer the one-on-one or do you like when everyone has has a microphone you guys it's like you know free fall they're all different in their own way like i was talking about this last night because we had a singer of uh show you he gave me a gift we had a singer of bahidia on Oh, sick. <laughs> and uh, it's one of those things I was, after that, I was like, it was a sick one. Like the fucking, the power went out. There's an earthquake. He was crying. It was like, <laughs> it's just like one of those, like, this is only, it was you, only. You the, couldn't ride it for a show. It was, yeah, it was like this. Yeah. It was only the front man. That was great. Uh, some, and a, a member of our team asked me, I mean, what's been the worst podcast? What's been like one that you didn't like? Uh, I thought about it. I was like, there's no bad ones. It's different. 
Like mm-hmm. some bands are very, very soft-spoken and they're very quiet. Or someone wants to, sometimes band members just want to sit there and just be observant and just be a part of like, and I'll try to throw like a question at them. They won't really engage, but they just, but, but they want to sit there. Right. You know, and, or some bands want to come here and smoke weed and take dabs and get drunk. And I'm down for that too. And it's loud and it's funny. And other bands are more introspective. Some are want just just want to be on it it's like so they're all they're all different and i don't really i I don't have a favorite yet it's that they're all just kind of they're all their own thing still you know i'm only in 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 the hundreds i i i don't know shit it's (laughs) i I, it's it's i'm still learning with with this thing dude like maybe maybe i'm like getting like the 200 it's like you maybe i'll have some kind of grasp on shit you know i i definitely felt like I started to establish a little bit of a rhythm after 100 episodes for sure. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But like, there's even a lot of changes that happened even like within, within this last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of specific plans for like, um, for, for next year for the podcast. Cause as much as I love the, the intimacy of just having a one-on-one conversation with someone, mm-hmm. um, there's certain things like different styles of podcasting that I want to try. So I'm trying to build it as like the scoped podcast. And then there's the interviews, there's Mm -hmm. us featuring like new music that I'm checking out throughout the month. And then having a new show that's a little bit more just like talking about something that's happening. Cause Mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the past, and I'm sure you felt this too, where it's like, you know, a, it might not be a, a release specifically tied to a band, but it's like, some kind of viral thing or like a performance or some kind of like meme that pops up where it's like it's a talking point but like if unless you get that person on right away it kind of becomes invalid you know within you know even even a couple of weeks at times so yep agreed yeah what's like um because originally the podcast started like seems like you're the the suicide silence uh garage is like very infamous you know turning out all these great records as well as you know the initial beginnings of the podcast that's not where you're located now right no i, I moved twice it's, it's kind of it's like a band like started started in your parents garage kind of want to have like that that some conscious suicide juju in there with, with the first kind of studio sure. kind, of, kind of build it from there and then the moment i got a sponsor two i was like fuck it i'm going I'm I'm getting a office space and I, I got one and then uh we just got this spot three months ago. We got kicked out of the last one. I think Amazon bought the block and they're gonna turn down the building. So we got a 30-day notice out of nowhere. Oh shit. And uh I, I barely got this. Um I'm I'm surprised I got it. And uh so yeah, we've been moving and uh I haven't made any money yet. I don't really it's just I like I like doing it. It's it's like I'm I'm I approach it like like music. You got got mm-hmm. put in that got put in that work, dude. If if you if, if a podcast man you're banking in in the first three years, I'm I'm coming after you because because <laughs> there, there's motherfuckers like me that are obsessed that truly fucking love it and will sacrifice everything to make to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I it's, it's nice to have that like again. I was thinking about this on the way up here. Like, fuck, dude. Like it took took me like 17 years to get because once the cleansing dropped like a lot of shit changed like 
now alcohol is in there. Now we went on tour Slipknot. Now there's there's women at the shows. It was that's a whole other thing. Then cocaine came in the picture. It was like really clouded a, a lot of things, and I never never re, never recovered. And uh, but the past year has really felt like after we dropped our last record with Taylor Young, he really kind of helped. Maybe not knowing, like kind of we were already kind of going there. We're 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 there. But he really squeezed out any last little bit of bullshit we had and amongst our camp, like the singer ego, my I mean I had an ego, I don't know. Guitar player had ideas he had to use like, that fucking sucked. And it was just I think like, it really helped us like squeeze out any last bit of bullshit. So once we got out of that record, you know, the past few months, uh, yeah, it's, I feel like myself again. I feel like I'm back. I feel like that that hungry kid obsessive kill everybody. <laughs> uh no no one's safe that that i'm, I'm a very territorial comp competitive guy i'm very like i'm very competitive but 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 now it's different back then it was like back then it was based on bitterness insecurity small brain now it's like now it's like abundant i want everyone to succeed if anyone hits me up for anything i'll i'll help them. i'll tell them where i'll tell everyone everything i do and it's just not it's no secret because i i believe i believe in myself and i also want to help out other people as well yeah but yeah, it's, it's I, just now now it's it's uh it's getting kind of scary yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it is it is really cool because i i i love when a lot of people in in the bands that i've uh checked out like start kind of dabble in another creative aspect within the musical field and you know sometimes yeah. you know i've heard of um you know like in 2020, uh, Stick to Your Guns, uh, another great band from from California, did they did a, like a full band podcast. So it wouldn't yeah. be every single member uh, every episode, but like they would talk about like one album and like nice. the the chaos of like you know record labels fucking up the the debut of it. But it's like mm -hmm. you know instead of having to go to another pot, like to hear it literally from like you know from the roots of where that came totally. from was like a really really cool thing and you know we're seeing that um with other people as well but like i i think your interview style is it, it comes from a place of like genuine interest and it's not just like off of some thing of like trying to be you know connected to all this stuff and i feel like you do yeah. really fly the flag for a lot of like um the younger people too, which I think is something that's very important to, to me. Cause I always, I like when I'm able to have a conversation or get connected to someone before the spike begins. Oh yeah. 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 It's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's kind of weird. There's, there's, like, there's like a style coming out now. It's weird. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the current podcast setup, and I, I don't know if we were talking about this off air or not, but um, you know, matching the, the Bev, of choice, at least for you, when you're interviewing people, like wh what are little things as far as the the vibe that you've tried to set? You know, as far as like how far away you sit from the guests, the lighting, you know, it matters things like that. Yeah, talk to me about it. It matters. Uh, it's actually why I got I got the table. So when we got the second studio, when I got those couple sponsors, is uh, I noticed, but when it was open seating, like like the like in the garage. It's a little bit too open, I realized. And I think people again, it always goes to I'm I gotta be real. I'm talking to musicians and artists. There's a little 
other barrier mm-hmm. of comfort that I got to break through. So I, so I found that the table will make people more comfortable and sure enough, it did. It's, it's kind of when I say, how far, how do, how do you sit? You know, like, it's just like all, all like these little tricks that, that you learn along, along the way and how, how bright are the lights, you know, sometimes, uh, like our crew will come in here. It's like, okay, they, they made the lights all bright, but, but it's like, ah, oh, it doesn't feel I, I'd rather have the video be a little bit less. Yeah. Underexposed just a better. little bit. So it's not as like, to, to, to make sure the vibe. Right. And then they'll, they'll like kind of precision. They'll, they, they'll say, Hey, you should probably try putting the chairs here. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't think they will feel comfortable. Cause I know I was like, okay, if I yeah. sit down like this, I wouldn't feel comfortable because yeah. I'm a fucking, you're just sitting there and then it's like, Hey, how do you yeah. feel about <laughs> this last record? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just trying to make <laughs> make things space spacey and uh you know, i spent the extra money i didn't have on on this space because it's it's wider and i think if the bands walk into a wider room they'll they'll be uh not so feeling like they're like in, enclosed very little weird little like psychological insights. tricks yeah uh it's i mean and it's basic human psychology too like all like these things i never imagined i would be be in this spot it's just I just wow, my greetings. How do you how do you get how do you get a conversation starting by meeting someone? Because now I'm I'm at a point where it's not my friends anymore. Like I have like a I'm, I have a manager for a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's strange, you know. It's just, it's strange adjusting to like this being professional. I'm I'm a, I'm not, I don't consider myself a leader or a boss, but there's just realities. It, it, it is what it is. I there's I have two other people on the team. I might get another one. Now, how do I, how am I going to pay them? Uh, so all of these, now I'm a manager. She's getting a guest. I mean, I, I met a uh, David. I, I'm not, not doing a steam job just to have, I'm just setting the example. Uh, I met David Ellison, the ex, the ex bass player for Megadeth. He walks in, walks straight to the fucking chair. I he just never helps. met him, <laughs> never met him, never talked to him. There's a camera going. We 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 press record and um, literally as the camera is going, I'm trying to establish a, like a level of comfort, right? Part, and this, he was part of the first one I really just like just walking and sat down and he left. It was I had I, I I'm been doing a lot of podcasts where I don't know the person. I, mm-hmm. I meet him outside because my manager texts me there outside. I just <laughs> some people don't want to have a they don't want the connection prior it's just like hey i'm doing, I'm doing this and that's it and uh, knowing when to how to and then we get into those kind of personalities navigating those conversations has been another learning experience like you're not talking to like there's like it is easier to navigate like like a up and coming band but we're talking to a, like the singer of happy ear otep that this live this crazy life and they have all these crazy stories of drugs and and boning chicks it's like it's trying like, to, to navigate this shit in such a short amount it's, of time it's so tough yeah especially if well, you're trying to keep it to like an hour 10 an hour and a half like you know it is I, crazy i i knew that we were going to push closer to two just because like you know p- two podcasters that's probably what that's going to happen that but yeah it's 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 i've i think the biggest learning curve for me this year is like the bigger the guests that i'm trying to go after 
the more hoops that I have to jump through because there's PR people. There's people who are like, they only want to do stuff if it's around a release. There's people that, you know, they'll come on and do the podcast, but then they'll not follow it all the way through in in the case of like trying Mm -hmm. to promote it. And, and, you know, I've taken a lot of things just like, and I'm sure you have as well, just kind of like, you know, everything's a learning experience and just kind of going from there. Is, Is there any guests for you that are the one that got away or any dream guests that you're like by 200 episodes i hope because i'm sure like through your you know all the experiences and connections through suicide silence i'm sure you're like oh i could probably message so and so to see if that they're coming on but you know you also have people going going and helping you out with that as well yeah i mean the the dream guest is a monkey from corn he's the dream I don't, know if I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I should put on a blast right now. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, I've been, you know, I, I've, I've asked him in person already. It's just, hey, you want, and he, he said, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. But, you know, there's timing is always a thing. Uh, I don't right. like, something I've learned in my life, like, everything is timing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things will happen later. Uh, don't take anything personal. Mm-hmm. Not, nothing's personal. Just letting time have its way because you cannot beat time. As, you can't I, and you can't force things either mm-hmm. it's like this you, you just gotta be ready when it happens and if the thing that you want doesn't happen then you gotta do have something else to do mm-hmm. you know so that's why i'm that that's why uh another kid helped me out a lot like i was i've never been desperate if there's something that i an advantage i have is i've learned my age sometimes you gotta flex you do mm-hmm. something that was, there's a, a minor flex. I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm setting the stage here. Yeah. Uh, I have a very deep connection with doing this, this podcast, very, very deep connection. And, uh, and I knew going into it, how hard it was going to be to get the laziest people on the planet, musicians <laughs> to fucking drive <laughs> anywhere or do anything. I knew that going, this is going to be hard, but as long as I, put my heart and soul and bones into it like I did suicide silence I, that's all I can do and I just hope for the best and just mm-hmm. put in put in the work but uh I've never ever been desperate mm-hmm. I never uh oh this, this person said no oh fuck shit like it's just move on mm-hmm. move on or uh hey uh, or because People are going to cancel not only podcasting, but in in, in your life, uh, dates or things just don't things fall through. I mean, you, I mean, you, you you can't just dwell on these things. You you, you got you got to keep mo- moving forward. You know, it's, it's just, it goes it goes to uh, to working. One one of the biggest mistakes I made in my career in the band was was being a kid. And uh, when Suicide Songs first came out, like people still don't give a give us credit for it i have to tell the story which is why now i do a podcast like sure we came out fucking copycast you like it was wild Hmm. uh and at the time i was like because they i felt like they were taking my my soul like 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 my my life's work my 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 insecurities like i I turned into a sound i Mm, my, my heart uh, they 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 took the fucking guitar tuning to the amp the style like it was wild dude yeah. and but unfortunately what what I did back then was uh I got bitter about it I got insecure I judged and I didn't take it as an opportunity to just work harder 
which mm-hmm. is that was that was like okay you're doing something right but it's time to stay focused and work harder put put in more time and also help the bands out <laughs> you know it's and i back i mean when you're a 17 year old kid like you're just Fuck that, fuck yeah. that band, fuck that band, fuck Whitechapel, <laughs> fuck that band. It's, it's like, you're just like, you're doing all, it's stupid, like, you know, kids. It's funny, like, Whitechapel's not here. I told him about it. Like, you know, it's just funny. Like, whenever you, we would put a record, I'll be like, you know, fuck you guys. It's just like, this, <laughs> it's just like, it's just, it's just funny thing. But, but now, I, but now I, you know, I'm 38 now, like I said earlier, and it's, it's cool to have that experience and perspective. Okay, okay, this is put in. You got to work your ass off. And this has been way harder than the band. Like this has given me hmm. two full-on mental breakdowns. This is <laughs> like the the workload, like the like the mental, spiritual, and emotional workload has been immense. Mm-hmm. And uh just but they're always net net never been desperate. I also don't give a fuck about the money either. Like yeah. I I am confident. I'll say it here too. It's a flex. I am confident this will bring in money at some point. But uh, for me, like, I don't give a shit. Like, uh, I take the, I take the, I take that sponsor money and I fucking throw it out. It's just like, okay, well, how how can we put it back in the show or how how can we hire someone else? You know, uh, I can't be a bot either. Mm-hmm. Like anyone could come. I haven't joined an agency. Uh, this is done on purpose, which no one knows. Uh, no one knows this, but uh, I purposely chose only a certain amount of sponsors, and I also purposely uh, didn't. Which I'm not bashing Patreon. I think they're fucking sick, and a lot, a lot of awesome podcasts are on there. But but for me, I, I knew that like I need to get to episode 100 or really establish who I am in this and my consistency first and how much and how bad do I want it? Do am, am I going to fold at episode 80? Am I, am, am I going to miss a week at episode 70? No, I mean, the, and uh, we're, we're, we're finally going to, which cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. Like that's money I could have got like last year, just built up and saved, pay, pay the, the team. But I, I purposely in my head, I'm like, I want to, I, I, I just want that obsessive, part of me just just to come out it's just like music mm. you're, you're, you're fucking broke for years and you're just fucking writing riffs and then before you know it you're on tour slipknot you know it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of i I've, I've been i am comfortable because i've been on this road already you know being right. broke not not only broke but i'm in debt i'm in serious debt with this podcast you know there's no it's, it's no secret you know and uh but just i'm just approaching it like music i i'm not going on a paywall until i'm we're going to release the YouTube membership next month because I feel okay. like, I feel like, like it's time, and I feel like we have enough episodes where it's like, okay, this there there there's some value here. I I feel right. Okay, if someone pays us a month for something, I I, I feel like okay, this is right. Right. It's yeah, cool. I feel like the whether you go the you know the sponsorship route or you know doing the patreon like at least for us like we opted to do patreon but not specifically just for the podcast but like for the overall yeah, you, you you have like a, a overall thing going on yeah and yeah, and i think like you know i have a you know i'm i'm going to be making kind of like a like a full video to kind of talk about my reflection of this year and what i want to be doing next year but like to to give i think that video will be out by the time this podcast is out because I think this will be one of the first that we do of 2024. But mm-hmm. I'm 
just kind of only trying to focus on the pod because like never in my creative life I've, you know, cause you hear that sometimes where, where people are like, I did all these different things. And then that one thing clicked. And then I went hyper-focused on that. Mm. I've always yeah. like, and maybe it's a bit of my, you know, later in life, uh, diagnosed ADHD of just like trying all these different things and, and having yeah. fun doing that. But obviously that comes with a lot of, um, feelings of burnout and like not like kind of feeling lost like where should i mm -hmm. spread my my eggs and in, in, in what yeah. baskets so next year it's like you know i'm i'm going to be kind of just only doing the podcast stuff and i know full well that i'm leaving so much like potential like on the table when it comes to like mm -hmm. you know not having the bandwidth or time to do clips and everything so that's going to be a huge focus for me next year but like yeah like you said it, it takes so much time and Good luck, you know, man. like yeah, jo jo Jordan's been like integral to like b taking a little bit of the burden when it comes to production and running things on his end and being able to upload it. So, you know, I think and I think your podcast is currently at the level of which I hope to do it in some kind of form where because I love when you you're having bands on they're talking about something and you're like you've already had someone pull it up and you guys can like reference it on the fly. That's like something yeah, yeah. that is a goal for me, especially into next year. Obviously there's um, challenges with doing it online on zoom versus doing it in person. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's, it is, it is a whole process, but I feel like I've just learned more about myself and just yeah, yeah. learn more about other people that I've either been going to shows with for for years at that point but i never really got a proper time to really sit down with them and and learn that way yeah it's cool sometimes you gotta force someone to sit down and get any kind of conversation flow going like you can't you can't do that at a, a show or anything like it's just you kind of need to establish especially with certain personalities true yeah some, some i mean you might get the podcast at a show but you're really not you're not going to break me there yeah you know it's, it's just you kind of it needs yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> this, this whole thing is fucking tough, dude. Yeah, but I I I I feel very validated as well. Are you saying as far as like don't don't hold grudges when people say no? Because I mm -hmm. have I've had guests that I've only gotten maybe in the last you know fifteen or twenty episodes that I've been chasing since day one of doing this podcast. Sure. Sure. So like, you know, I know that you just dropped the, uh, as far as the time of recording this episode, you did an interview with Jamie and, and shade of code orange. Mm -hmm. And I, I have doc, I have documentation of like me, like punishing him in like code orange live streams on yeah. Instagram and him saying that. yes. And then like DMing Good. immediately after. Yeah. And it took like three years. And then he was like, let's do it. And, uh, and we had a great chat and, uh, you know, and I feel like there's obviously times where you could be like, man, you're just like leaving me on red or whatever it is. And then it's like, then it never gets realized and you never get to yeah. do it. But I feel like it's a fun, you know, like I've had the the most, the person who's no showed the most, I'm still chasing because I think it's a funny thing that we'll get, be able to talk about yeah. when we actually do it. Yeah. You know, like, hey, remember when I didn't believe that you didn't show up for that one recording because you found a lost cat and now it's your cat that you've had for you know three or four years at sure. this point so 
it is what it cool, is. Cool, man. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, good, good luck with that, man. Now, now you're in a now you're in a category of uh, controlling your emotions and still still working. You know, it's because some, some something will 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 trigger like an other trauma in your life. It's like, <laughs> sure. it's not it's not even about the guest. It's not even, it's mm-hmm. just like you fucking it might have triggered some fucking childhood trauma you have, and you're like, fuck her, fuck that guy. They don't want doing my podcast, but it's just you're. <laughs> It's just, you know, it's just sometimes it's uh, our emotions get the best of us and it's mm-hmm. learn. I'm in the hard way. Yeah. You, you got to drop it, drop it and, and, uh, and keep going and then uh, smoke weed and deal with the insecurity that that popped yeah. up at that you thought you dealt with or the demon that you thought was dead, but mm-hmm. it's still there. Um, so Chris, as we start to kind of head towards the end of, of our episode, um, I usually ask the same question, um, to every guest, uh, as we start to head towards the close. So please tell me off the top of your head, a favorite mosh related story. So that could be anything wholesome, gruesome, suicide silence related or not. Um, we always end Mm -hmm. with something mosh worthy. Favorite. Favorite moshing story, huh? I feel you have, you know, so many years to look back on, and I'm sure that there's a lot that are probably like definitely can't tell this story. <laughs> uh, oh no, I, I'm 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 an open book, dude. I don't I don't care. Yeah. Uh, favorite moshing story. I mean, I always loved like I always loved playing showcase around here, and seeing like. Seeing kids, they would they would mosh so violently, and then and then you gotta fucking then then they, they turn on the house lights, everything goes white, and then like gotta gotta stop the show, and then there's there's a fight will, will break out, and then those those were the days mm-hmm. at, at at the risk of sounding like 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 a boomer. That was those those were the days, man. Nothing, uh, no money, no nothing yet, no egos, just friends, kids playing shit heavy as possible not ripping anyone else off being ourselves which is something that not a lot of fans in our drama can say if not any <laughs> i'll say yeah. i'll say that very <laughs> confidently with us being us taking our childhood trauma and turning it into a sound and and people will see like a positive reaction to that it's really it's it's a trip to take how you you, you could take your life um your your demons or whatever hatred or evil you have in your body as as a child and you bring it back up and then you just let it come out and it goes into your, and then you make you make that to a sound and right. then you play it to kids and they fucking go crazy and then they're fighting <laughs> the lights are on and then you're just with and you're just with your homies and those those were really like the some of the more besides the violence yeah some of the most uh Innocent times. <laughs> Besides the violence, yeah, most innocent times. <laughs> Be, before the egos, before the alcohol, before the drugs. Mm. Um, that was those. That those probably yeah. Damn. Probably When's the last fear. time Chris has moshed? Depend not. Uh, depends what kind. Like I, I'll still have a, a little bit too many drinks, <laughs> and I'll I'll go into the. I'll go into like 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 a deep side pit. That might have been mm-hmm. the last time I moshed. It was like last year. But it's like it'll be like push push moshy for like I'll get in my 15 seconds and someone someone will hit a little bit too hard. I'm okay, I'm out. 
<laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, yeah, I'll do that. Bones for this anymore. Yeah, I'll do that every once, once in a while. I'll do a little mm-hmm. push mosh, but uh, like mosh mosh with the fucking like the punching and the kicks. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Early twenties. Yeah, too too far to to Early twenties, man. It doesn't matter how many Heinekens you have, you know. Yeah, no, that's. <laughs> That's that's a rare occasion with the more alcohol you drink, the less likely that you're you're gonna mosh. You're like, no way. Yeah, I'm gonna start <laughs> fucking moshing to fucking stumped on site or throw down. Yeah, after after these four drinks, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah, and my and moshing used to be fun, man. Like being being a kid when like the band was coming up, you know, showcase like just, I was kind of one of like the only ones. Which which we took to music and suicide sounds like I I liked when Six Feet Under would, would play showcase I'll push mosh then when Throwdown and Ethan Vision would come in okay now now we start going yeah. I I always done at the risk of how, how it sounds I've always gone both ways <laughs> so I, well no I, you read the room you're like okay this yeah. is the type of uh, movement yeah. that will be happening for the next twenty minutes and you partake so and people then, only want to do push moshing and then they become they're both sick they're fodder. both fucking sick <laughs> combine the two things that aren't supposed to work and you fucking combine them it's fun yeah and especially back then like when, when they were combined hardcore bands or like definite bands man that was a it's a weird energy in like the room like because you have like bands like skinless that have breakdowns you're trying to mosh for skinless and then the death metal heads are like pissed off they're, they're they got their little crew and so it was, but now it seems pretty, seems pretty uh, open-minded. It's, it's, it's crazy how times change. Years, yeah. years, well, years, it can time in years, but will have, have its way. And it's, uh, it's crazy how far the, uh, the heavy genre has, has come. Definitely. And I'm, I'm hoping a lot of listeners, you know, if, if you're a, if you're a hardcore kid, but you would uh, throw some some spin kits and such for suicide sounds or have uh make sure that you comment below um that you know flex your your mosh cred for suicide silence um chris <laughs> this has been really fun man uh all the you, all Spencer. your personal links all the podcast links all the suicide silence links will be in the show notes and in the description anything you want to shout out anything you want to plug or anything you want to send the people off on um Let's see, you got all the socials there. Yeah, check out the podcast if you haven't. We're on Spotify, which is video as well. Um, Apple, YouTube, obviously. Every um, every week, we're also every Monday. We're also about to start dropping a second one. Okay. So uh, this I is this the first time I said it? Yeah. So we're we'll dropping one on either Wednesday or Thursdays. So will be twice a week now. And uh, another interview or like another yes. different kind of show. Okay. Oh yeah. So we're gonna start doing that. There's also, some, yeah, it's also something going on with suicide silence in the in, in the podcast world. Uh, thank you for supporting the podcast. And I wouldn't, I, I can sit here and say I don't care about the views and the guests, which I re- I really don't. But it does matter, and the fact that that you have been watching and listening and really see like the numbers go up it's been it's been a blessing and kind of thank you for giving me like this other it's crazy like when you can accomplish one dream but another one like that's mm. in one lifetime i 
I, it's why when shit gets slow, especially when like, especially in like in like the music, I'm a, I'm a, I'm condense this very shortly. It's something I'm going on around. I'm not. It's gonna be very short. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're all good. Um, when you make mistakes in a music career, they come back and haunt you. As far as like a contract you signed for your first record or a contract you signed uh, five years ago, we're currently under three contracts and we're currently under three terrible contracts that just siphon our money. Mm. Um, and when you're a band that's when, when you're broke and you're trying to recover and shit and you just do a tour and you pay fucking over 90 grand and just commissions because because of, of shitty contracts you signed uh it takes you it's it, it takes you to a very low place and you, you just can't help but see failure it's, it's all, all all you see is failure then but but the fact that you've allowed me to live two dreams i mean it really can't get any better i i have i have food water i have my cat at home he's fucking sick shout out to leo uh shout my leo me out uh, yeah, uh, all of you that have been watching the podcast, uh, that uh, all of you that have supported uh, Suicide Silence through, I mean, like the lowest of times and still slowly coming back. I mean, I can't ask for much more than that. And, I, and my, my, my parents are alive. My, uh, my girlfriend is happy most of the time because <laughs> there's, there's that. Because so you happy. haven't dropped the, the ring yet. I, I heard you, you talking about that with the Code Orange. Family. Yeah, oh yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> waiting for the finances to come in. Hopefully, hopefully, this a YouTube membership blows yeah, up. Listen and, to uh, the podcast more so Chris can uh, <laughs> can uh, can lock it down it. with the lady. <laughs> ba- uh, yeah, uh, yeah, dude, yeah, so yeah, help, yeah, just thank, thank you all for getting me through my personal uh, dark times and uh, yeah, that think uh, that's it. Yeah, thank you, well, Spencer. Uh, thank you for your time and thank you for reading the. Uh, the air yeah of course <laughs> there you yes. go and uh yeah this has been a very uh i think needed on not only music but like on the podcast level for me it's given me a lot cool. of fuel and uh you know we're i'm i'm 95 percent sure this will be the first drop of uh 2024 and i hope that kind oh, of cool sets the tone for the rest of the year so i really appreciate Fuck your time. yeah dude yeah. yeah, and cool. and you know, if I'm ever in uh in the SoCal area, I'll hit you up and uh maybe we can grab a bev in studio or not. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be for a podcast, but you know, I'll, you're uh, invited. I love to hear that. Um, thank you again for your time, bro. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right, we're out.